Welcome to the Canon Church Sermon Podcast. I'm Tim Emmett, the lead pastor at Canon, and I hope that this message will help you take your next step with Jesus as He leads us from death to life, from sorrow to joy, from the world as it is to the world as it will be. Thanks for joining us. Lifting in a little uh, uh, neighborhood store, the store owner knew Billy's mother, and so he told uh, Billy's mom, he did not call the police. Billy's mom decided that she wanted to put the fear of God in young Billy, and so she marched him down the street to their church. Their church was just a couple blocks from their home, and into the pastor's office, uh, Billy sat down in a chair, and the pastor sat in a chair facing Billy, looked at Billy, and said, Billy, where is God? Billy looked at the pastor but didn't say anything, and so the pastor leaned in a little closer and said a little more intently, Billy, where is God? Billy's eyes got a little wider, but he didn't say anything, and so the pastor raised his voice a little bit higher and said a little bit more urgently, Billy, where is God? Billy jumped off the chair, ran out of the church, down the street to his house, into the living room where his father was sitting. Dad, Dad, they've lost God at the church and they're blaming me. (laughs) The reality is we can lose God. We can lose a sense of the presence of God. We can lose a tangible sense of the love of God surrounding us. We can lose God uh, just because we're distracted. Just because we get caught up in the busyness of life, the responsibilities of life, and in the midst of those tasks, those projects, those plans, we kind of lose sight of God. Our heart is for, becomes forgetful of God. There's a story in the Bible, you may be familiar with it. Jesus has come to visit with friends of his, Mary and Martha and their brother Lazarus. And Martha is being a good host running around doing things to provide for Jesus and the other guests in their home. Meanwhile, her sister Mary is sitting at Jesus' feet with all the men as Jesus teaches. Jesus, uh, well, Martha comes to Jesus and complains that Mary is not helping her and Jesus is doing nothing. He's not telling her to help her sister. And Jesus tells Martha that she's distracted by her many tasks. The problem was not that she wanted to be a good host. It's just that she was so caught up in doing for Jesus that she was passing up the opportunity to be with Jesus. How often do we lose God? Because we're so busy doing for God that we forget to be with God. We can, lose, uh, we can lose God because we're distracted. We can lose God because uh, we're successful. Because success itself becomes our focus. In the book of Deuteronomy, the people of God are on the borders of the Holy Land. They are waiting to go into the land of the promise. And God tells the people, when you go in and you live, and crops that you did not plant are fruitful, and you dwell in homes that you did not build, and life will go well and everything will be good, you will forget that I, the Lord your God, delivered you, brought you out of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You will forget me and begin to worship and serve other gods. It was their success itself that became a distraction. They lost a sense of the presence of God. They, they lost a dynamic connection with their God because of their success. The other end of the spectrum, we can lose God because we are suffering. We can feel in our hearts, like the psalmist in Psalm 10, 
Why are you standing so far off? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? Most of us know what it's like to pass through a season of hardship, of hurt, of grief, of loss, and wonder where God is in the midst of that. We can lose God uh, just because we're distracted. We can lose God because we're successful. We can lose God because we are suffering. We also can lose God, lose a sense of the presence of God because we believe, because of our faith, because we affirm that the Christ who was crucified for us and raised triumphant from the grave for us has ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. That's the words in the creed, the words we'll repeat again in worship this morning. And we can lose a sense of the presence of the risen Christ with us precisely because we believe those words ascended into heaven, sitting at the right hand of God, coming again one day, not sure when, all of which can make Jesus sound like, seem like he is far away and in the future. And our faith can really be focused on what he has done for us in the past and will do for us in the future, but in the present, we're pretty much on our own, though he does say something about sending the Spirit. The language of our faith is not meant to make Jesus seem far away and in the future, but that can be the effect sometimes. And we can feel like we really are just kind of on our own. I mean, after all, the book from which we have heard most often is referred to as the Acts of the Apostles, because the Apostles are the central human figures in this story, in this book about the early church. And the apostles representing the whole church, representing us, are given a mission, a commission by the risen Christ. You will be my witnesses, he said to them and says to us. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And that's the story that unfolds in the book of Acts. But the book of Acts really is not the Acts of the Apostles, though the Apostles are involved. And it's not simply the Acts of the Holy Spirit. You may have heard the book referred to in that way because, of course, the book of Acts is all about the Holy Spirit. The first chapter gets us ready for the gift of the Spirit. The second chapter uh, describes the outpouring of the Holy Spirit by God, by the risen Christ, on the early church. And then everything else depends on that, flows from that. And so this book has been called the Acts of the Holy Spirit. And that is true, but it isn't just the Holy Spirit. It is the risen Lord who is present and active in the early church and among us today precisely because he's ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God. I don't know about you, but for me, for years, when I heard that language of ascending into heaven and sitting at the right hand of God, it sounded like Jesus went to heaven to retire. Or it was halftime. He was there waiting to, you know, for the whistle to blow and he'd come back on the field to wrap this game up. But for Jesus to be ascended into heaven, to be seated at the right hand of God, means that he has been enthroned as the world's true Lord. 
He has an ongoing ministry at the right hand of God. He is active right here and right now precisely because he is in heaven at the right hand of God. He returned to heaven so that he could show up anywhere at any time to anyone. No longer limited by time and by space. It isn't retirement. It is a time for him to rule and to reign from the right hand of God, to keep preaching the gospel, keep spreading the kingdom through his followers in his spirit. If you read through the whole book of Acts, you will find that along with you know, the stories about the apostles and stories about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the Lord keeps showing up. It says that he revealed himself. He appeared to uh, Paul. Saul the Pharisee, who became, because of that revelation, Paul the Apostle. He revealed himself, appeared to Cornelius, a Roman centurion. Appeared to and spoke to the Apostle Peter through a dream. It says that the Lord himself added to their numbers daily those who were being saved. The Lord in heaven, the Lord on high at the right hand of God, was personally adding to their number new disciples to the community of faith. The risen, ascended, reigning Lord speaks and directs and calls and convicts and converts and reveals and appears. He is anything but retired. Which means that the church then and the church now does not just go for Jesus. We go with Jesus. It's been said that the lordship of Jesus, Jesus ascended on high, seated at the right hand of God, declared by God the Lord over all. It's been said that the lordship of Jesus means that there is no one square inch of creation No one square inch of anywhere in all creation over which Jesus does not say, mine. Actively claiming and reclaiming the world for the glory of God and the good of the world, bringing the kingdom, bringing God's healing power to bear on hearts and homes and communities and lives and the world around us. We can lose God because we're distracted by the cares of our everyday lives. We can lose God because we're successful and success itself has become our God. We can lose God because we are passing through a veil of tears and we wonder where God is in the midst of that darkness. But we also can lose God because we believe that the Lord is on high at the right hand of God, and that may feel to us like he is far away, and in the future he did some great things in the past, he'll do something wonderful in the future, but right now he's retired, but we know better. The risen Lord is with us. We don't just go for him, we go with him. The risen Lord speaks. The risen Lord calls the ascended Lord, keeps pursuing and calling and discipling and acting. The book of Acts really is the 
the book of the acts of Jesus and the Spirit. Which means that we have something to do, but nothing to prove. We have something to do. We have one thing to do. You will be my witnesses, Jesus said to the early church and says to the church today. You will be my witnesses. You will bear witness to the gospel, the good news about Jesus. You will bear witness to the kingdom he has brought, is bringing, will bring. You will bear witness to this Jesus and this life. Life with God, through God, with us. You will bear witness to those you know, to those closest to you. That's your Jerusalem. You will bear witness not only to them, but to your Samaritans, to those who aren't like you, who may not even like you. You will bear witness to the ends of the earth. We have something to do. Not to bear witness to Canon Church, not to bear witness to Pastor Heather or Pastor Tim or Pastor Skip. Not to bear witness to the United Methodist Church, to bear witness to Jesus. We have something to do, something wonderful to do, but nothing to prove. What I mean by that is this. We do not go to make a name for ourselves. Instead, we go to live out the name already given because Jesus has been crucified, raised, now reigns, and will come again in power and great glory. We are already loved, already embraced, already summoned, already sent. We already bear the name of children of God. We already are sent as emissaries. We don't go to make a name for ourselves. We go to live out the name already given. We've already been chosen. We've already been called. We've already been loved. We've already been embraced. We're already home. We have something to do, not just for Jesus, but together with Jesus, but not one thing to prove. It isn't our work, it's his work, by his spirit, through his church, in his world. Because the, the Jesus who made us and saved us is determined to have us and everyone else. Remember that because he is Lord, there's not one square inch, there's not one person on the planet over whom Jesus does not say, mine. Not a single person on the planet over whom Jesus does not say, mine. Some people know the love of God, but others have yet to hear. Others have yet to believe. Others have yet to receive the love that's been given. A bishop of mine back in western Pennsylvania used to say, if there is even one person in your community who does not loathe the love of God in Jesus Christ, your church is not big enough. If there's just one. And so we are sent. Not to make a name for canon church, but to live out the name already given, we go as children of God. 
We go as the beloved of God to share the love already given. And the great encouragement, the great comfort, is that Jesus walks before us. He's not watching from a distance, hoping it works out. He's always leading the way. Speaking, calling, convicting, converting, revealing, appearing, adding. Amen. Thanks again for joining us. We hope that this message will help you have a great week by helping you walk in faith, hope, and love. Looking for more information about Canon? Check us out on the web at canonchurch.org or follow us on Facebook at Canon UMC and Instagram at Canon Church 2424.